Thank you, Jesus. Well, somebody say praise the Lord. We're glad to be here again today. I was thinking about it. Was a, I debated on whether to come up here. And uh, I got to thinking, I thought, you know, it's been just a little over a year ago that I climbed up on this roof and the message was higher ground. And then I got to thinking about what today is. And I thought, man, I've got to go up on the roof. Everybody say Pentecost. Today is the day of Pentecost. Some believers gathered in an upper room waiting for something that had been promised, not having any idea what was going to happen. And what happened that day changed everything. They found themselves equipped with a power that they didn't understand even existed. They had seen it work in Christ, but now they felt it working in them. There were some things that happened that day that I want to try and bring out this morning. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm excited. We're thankful you're here. <laughs> Appreciate all of you being here, and you look really good from this distance. You, I, mean, well, I don't mean it like that. I mean, I can see everybody at the same time. I want to uh, preach to you today on the miracle of Pentecost. Everybody say that with me, the miracle of Pentecost. If you would, I'm just going to ask you to stay with me for a little bit because I, I want to do a little bit of teaching at first and then... Uh, Hopefully, it'll lead into some preaching. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Everybody say that with me. In one accord and one place. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's light. We ask you, God, just to have your way. We give you the praise for it, God. I pray today, God, that I can decrease and you'll increase. And I give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me talk to you for a second. I want to go to Exodus chapter 23 and verse 14. It says, three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Everybody say, three feasts once a year. These were known as the great feast, and the first of those feasts was the, what was referred to as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We know it as the Passover. The second feast that was to come was called the Feast of the Harvest or the First Fruits. And then that's what relates to what I'm going to speak about today. Everybody say First Fruit. And then the final feast was the Feast of Ingathering. Everybody say Ingathering. It was also referred to as the Feast of the Tabernacles. So those had to be kept each year. Three times in the year you'll keep those feasts. Now there's something significant about the feast because of fe those three feasts were a type and shadow of what was to come. The first one, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, came into play during the exodus from Egypt. So on the night that they killed the lamb, that they sacrificed the lamb and they put that blood over the doorposts of their house, they ate unleavened bread, and it was referred to, and it was observed ever since then as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 
They were doing it in Jesus' day. We talk about it as the feast of the Passover. On the Friday before that feast of unleavened bread is when they crucified Jesus. Everybody say the Passover lamb. They crucified him on Friday. He was in the tomb on the Passover, that Passover Sabbath. And he rose on Sunday morning. Everybody say Sunday morning. Now, the day he rose, a countdown started. Let me explain about the Feast of First Fruit. Everybody say countdown. In the Feast of First Fruit or the Feast of the Harvest, that was when they would, that, that was 50 days from the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 50 days later, they celebrated the Feast of First Fruit or the Feast of the Harvest, and they would do that by taking an offering of the first produce that had come from their fields, and they would offer that to the Lord and being thankful for what God had blessed them with. And then the last feast was referred to as the Feast of Ingathering, which was took place at the end of the harvest cycle when they gathered in all of the harvest. So there's a countdown that starts from the Feast of Unleavened Bread or after the Passover. So from the time that Jesus shows himself, the, the time that Jesus is crucified, the countdown, the, the day that he's crucified and then he's in the grave on that Sabbath, that Sunday morning when he rose, from the Sunday morning that he rose, there's a countdown that started to the Feast of Harvest. Everybody say 50 days. That's what we refer to as Pentecost. The word Pentecost means 50. So when we talk about the day of Pentecost, we're talking about 50 days after that. Now this gets unique because in Acts 1 and 3 it says that Jesus showed himself alive after his crucifixion by many undeniable proofs being seen of them for 40 days. Everybody say he hung out for 40 days. He is, and during those 40 days he was speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I want you to think about this. They watched him die. They watched a body that was beaten till it was unrecognizable. And then three days after that, or I mean three days after that crucifixion on that Sunday morning when he came out, he stayed here among them for 40 days. Everybody say he could come and go as he pleased. How'd you like to be able to walk through a wall? I've tried to do that a few times, but the wall stopped me. And so all that's going on, and then while that's going on, he, he takes his disciples, and he's got them at the Mount, Mount Olivet, and he, he talks to them, and this is what he tells them. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And then he's taken away. He told them, he said, you go and tarry at Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. That's the promise. Now, let's talk about this a second because we're talking about Pentecost and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. But how many of you understand that that's not the first time 
What happens in the book of Acts isn't the first time someone was filled with the Holy Ghost. People had been filled before. If you look in Luke 1, 6, and, uh, chapter 1, verse 67, it says Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. In Luke 1 and 15, the angel tells Zacharias that his son John will be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. In John, uh, or in John, uh, Luke 1 and 41, it says Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. In John 20 and 19, it talks about Jesus is speaking to them, his disciples, and he says, as the Father hath sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, but there's more. Do you understand what they received isn't the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost? Because Jesus himself is the one that tells them to go and wait. This is right before his ascension. He tells them, you go and wait at Jerusalem, and the Holy Ghost is going to come over you, and you're going to be endued with power from on high. Everybody say power. So, there was more to come. How many of you like more? How many of you like ice cream? There's only thing better than one scoop of ice cream. Two scoops of ice cream. There's only one thing better than two scoops of ice cream. That's a gallon of ice cream. How many of you, let's, let, this is a good for confession today. How many of you have ever sat down with just the whole container of ice cream? Hold your hand up if you've ever done I mean, you just, you know, you thought, why waste time scooping this out and putting it in a little dish? I'm just going to be back. And so you just take the whole container in and you sit down and you start eating it. It makes us feel better if we put it in rations, doesn't it? We go in, we get a little scoop, and we go back, and we start eating that. We go, oh, well, I, I only had like a little plate 20 times. But, you see, we, we like to piecemeal it. But on this day, there's something that's getting ready to happen. Everybody say, he's going to get the whole thing. Listen to what John told them, John the Baptist in Luke 3 and 16. John told them, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. Do you, do you get this? He said, John's telling him, he said, look, I'm baptizing you in water. But I'm telling you, the one that's coming after me that was preferred before me, he's going to do something for you that I can't do. And he's going to baptize you. Everybody say baptize. What's, what's that word mean? What's it mean to baptize? Well, it means to cover, made fully wet by being plunged or immersed. Everybody say, he's not going to sprinkle me. He's not just, not, it, this isn't a dabble, do you? He's getting ready to immerse me. And that's what John tells him. He said, you got to understand that. I know we felt the presence of God from time to time, but the one that's coming is going to submerge us in the presence of God. There's going to be a complete covering of us until we are overwhelmed by the presence of God. But it's not, and, and he says, Holy Spirit, but there's something that he places with it. And what is that word that he placed with it? He said, you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost and Oh, somebody say fire. 
Do you know what that word fire means? It means lightning. Have you ever been out in a lightning storm? How many of you have ever seen lightning strike? You ever see lightning strike something? I was going down the road one time, and about, oh, 50, 60 feet in front of me, a lightning bolt took out a transformer on top of a pole, and I'm telling you, I hit my brakes because I couldn't see anything. I was overwhelmed by the fire that just lit up the sky. John's trying to tell us that what he's bringing us is going to overwhelm us. It's going to light us up. Everybody say lightning. Now, Jesus had told them that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Everybody say power. See, what you have to understand is these two words had never accompanied any infilling prior to that. Any scripture that I read about somebody receiving the Holy Ghost had never been accompanied with fire or had never been accompanied with the word power. Now, we know the word fire means lightning, that it's just going to hit you and you're not going to have time to even think about it coming. And the word power there comes from a Greek word dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. Dunamis is where we get our word dynamite from. Everybody say it's dynamite. It's, it's powerful. I wondered about the people that first created dynamite. I wonder what it was like the first time they lit it and found out it would blow up. How many of you have ever played with fireworks before? You know what I'm talking about, little firecrackers? How many of you remember the day when you could put three cherry bombs together and have a stick of dynamite? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about when those things, see now the fireworks have been diminished. They outlawed the amount of gunpowder that could be put into it. So you only have a fraction of what used to be. Dear God, help us that we're not watering down the Holy Ghost. That, we're, that, 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 that I, I, I don't want to get used to just a fraction of what he intended for me to have. Everybody say, I want some power. I want some fire. I want, you know, if I'm, if I'm cold and I need to be warmed up, don't strike a match and say, here, hold your hands over this. If, if I'm cold and I need to be warmed up, build me a roaring fire. Build me something that I can't even get close to because it's too intense. That's how God is. God is intense. He is powerful. And he said, I'm going to share some of that power with you. Everybody say dynamite. Now think about this because only 10 days pass, only 10 days pass between the time of the ascension when, when Jesus ascends up into heaven and the day of Pentecost. I want you to think what's going through the disciples' mind. I want you to take a look at what, of, of the attitude of the church during that time. They obeyed implicitly Christ's command to wait for power from on high. Everybody knows something's coming, and then they are, they're trying to follow exactly what he told them. There had to be an intense pitch of anticipation because they knew that they were getting ready to receive power and they couldn't be sure. But it makes me think that they got to thinking, you know what? It was a feast day. It was the Passover when he's crucified. Fifty days later is the day of Pentecost. Fifty days later is the first fruit. The first time they're getting ready to taste something that they've never tasted before. 
And all of a sudden, I, I can't help but think that maybe they're anticipating, could it be that he's building up to this, that, that if, he, if he was crucified on that first feast day, maybe this second day, he's getting ready to give us that power that he spoke about. There had to be anticipation there. They, and then they were all in one accord. Everybody say one accord. The word is an expressive word. It signifies that all their minds, affections, desires, and wishes were concentrated in one object. Every man having the same end in view and having but one desire. They had one prayer among them, and they every heart uttered it. God, give us what you promised us. Father, I'm here waiting, just like you told me. I'm anticipating something that you said is going to happen, and we're looking for that power. Now watch, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one cord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as Spirit gave them utterance. Everybody say, tongues. Now everybody gets messed up on tongues. Let me tell you what the word tongues mean. It means language. As a matter of fact, if you look it up, what you'll discover there is that word means languages that are not naturally acquired. In other words, you didn't study to speak that. I didn't go to French class or Spanish class to pick it up. It just picked me up. And so there's a miracle that takes place at Pentecost. Here's part of the miracle is these guys were all praying. And how many of you know that the scripture tells us that sometimes we don't know how to pray? And it says, but when we don't know how to pray, that the Spirit does what? It makes intercession for us. This is the first time they experienced that on a firsthand basis. All of a sudden, they're up there praying and, 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 and they're seeking the Lord. And then all of a sudden, something happens. It, wind doesn't come. It's just the sound of it. It's like they hear the whoosh, but they don't, they, they, I mean, the curtains aren't blowing. Nothing's going on. They just hear the sound of this. And when they hear it, something begins to happen to them. How many of you have ever sensed the presence of God in a place before you ever saw it show up? You know what I'm talking about? It just gets intense, and you feel something in your spirit, and you're thinking, man, I don't know what's going on here, but I know something's getting ready to happen. And they, they begin to anticipate that. They begin to look to that. And then all of a sudden, cloven tongues set on them, and they all start speaking in another language. Everybody say another language. Now, here's the miracle of Pentecost. The miracle of Pentecost isn't just that these guys are speaking in another language. The miracle of Pentecost that day is that everyone that's around them, everybody say, everyone that heard them. I'm going to have to get rid of this because it's getting hot. Everyone that heard them. The Bible said that that day in Jerusalem, that the, the city was filled with Jews from every nation. It goes through and it begins to list these nations and all these people spoke and were born with a different dialect. Everybody say a different language. When that wind, that sound of that wind came in, it said it got noised abroad. It said everybody knew about it. 
Everybody heard it. They went running to find out what's going on, and they go into a room where there's 120 people, and they're speaking and praising God. Here's the miracle. It's not that they're, the miracle isn't just that they're praising God in a language they don't understand. The miracle is that they're hearing it Every man in that building from all those different nations that spoke all those different languages heard each one of them praising God in their own language. Do you understand what I'm talking about? 120 people, and if you walk up to one of them and you're Portuguese, you hear Portuguese. If you walk up to that same person and you're Spanish, you hear them speaking Spanish. If you walk up and you're Egyptian, you hear them speaking Egyptian. Maybe that's why the scripture said that faith cometh not by, or that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what? Hearing the word of God. All those people were praising God. Do you ever stop and consider that? Do you know, well, you have, oh, no, it didn't happen like that. Each one of them was speaking a different language. If that were true, there would have been mass confusion in that room, and nobody would have understood anything. I've been in airports, international airports, in huge crowds where there's a bunch of different languages going on, and believe me, it's not a peaceful place. It's not a place where I can understand what's happening. But there that day, everyone heard them praising God. Somebody say they're praising God. That is a miracle of Pentecost. But the other miracle of Pentecost is the power. Everybody say power. It says you'll be endued with, that. literally the word itself means miraculous power. In other words, what's going to happen is you're getting ready to experience something in you that you've never, ever felt in your life. And it's going to transform you from the inside out. Everybody say power. How many of you have known someone that you really would have liked to change? Wave your hand. How many of you sat next to somebody you'd like to change? No, don't wave your hand. Don't wave your hand. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, boy, I wish I could change them. I wish I could do this. And this was, I think about in the Old Testament and the struggles that everybody went through because they didn't have that. And and so they're holding on to the law and they're reading the law and they know what they're supposed to do. But man, it's hard to do it. Everybody say it's tough. And then all of a sudden, this, this power hits them. The Holy Spirit hits them in a way that it had never hit them before. And when it does, they are transformed. And Jesus, for, or Jesus, Peter, for the first time in his life, jumps up and starts preaching without getting his foot in his mouth. He starts declaring the word of the Lord to all those that are around him. Have any of you ever experienced that? That power that God promised us. Have you ever experienced that outpour in your soul? Now, don't misunderstand me. When you get saved, when you give your heart to God, there's an there's a, a infilling that comes with that. But what I'm talking about today is that power that baptizes you, that emerges you, that transforms you, that all of a sudden now... Anybody ever felt like Superman? You know what I mean? 
Anybody ever have the presence of God come over you? I'm not even thinking about jumping off of here. Any of you ever have the presence of God come over you and, and you felt so energized by it, so empowered by it, that you thought, oh, praise God, let's go. One person in this whole crowd. Wait, come, come on, put your hands together if you've ever felt anything like that. You know what I'm talking about. So he, he wants us to experience this power. Everybody say, power to be a witness. How many of you have ever been in a struggle before and you really needed, to, you, you needed God to come through for you? Hold your hand up. Let, let me share something with you. What this did, do you remember when we had the old rotary dial phones? Do you remember when long distance was really expensive and you'd, you'd count off three minutes? Now, how many of you remember that? You had a three-minute rate and, and you were counting down three minutes, you know. See, I've been around a long time, folks. And then all of a sudden you, you think, boy, if I could just... And then how many of you have ever put money in a payphone to call long distance and the person you really needed to talk to wasn't there? I was in Russia. The first trip I made to Russia, you had to pay 20 bucks for a card that gave you three minutes on the phone. It was either 20 or $40 that you had to pay for, a, and this was back in 91, for a, a card that you would slide into a phone. And I, a, a guy came into the room, my, my roommate came in, and he was so hot, he was so mad. And I thought, what's wrong with you? And he said, man, he said, I went down there and finally got a chance to use that phone. He said, I dialed it up, I think it was 40 bucks. He said, I paid $40 for that stupid card. He said, I was getting three minutes. And he said, when I dialed my phone, my answering machine picked up and I was talking to myself. I just paid $40 to talk to myself. Do you ever feel like, God, I just need to talk to you. I just need to really get a connection with you. Do you understand that that day, God gave them a hotline to heaven. That day, God gave them a person-to-person call he gave them a line that when you pick up the only one on the other end is god you need to understand that that's still for us right now we don't have to be frustrated we don't have to be wringing our hands saying oh i need to talk to god just get alone by yourself someplace and begin to worship god like they did they got in one mind their heart was set and all of a sudden you'll find out that his spirit will overwhelm you it will fully saturate you, and you'll find yourself, you may even find yourself speaking to God in a language you don't even understand. But he understands it. I was in Russia, and, and they, they found out, I was dealing with the government, and they, they found out that I believed in, in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, speaking in other languages. And, and they came to me. The officials came to me, and they said, so, Rick, do you speak in other tongues? And I smiled real big, and I thought, okay, I wonder what cooked this one up. And I looked at him, I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. Man, their eyes got real big. They looked at me, and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? They said, sure. I said, is it true that here in Russia, you know, the, across the former Soviet Union, that you guys have a thousand different dialects? 
a thousand different here in Russia. And they said, oh, yes, yes, more than that, more than that. Very proud of it, more than that. And I said, well, let me ask another question. Why would it seem strange to you in a country that has over a thousand different languages that the God of heaven would have a language that's all his own? Why does that seem like such a big deal to you? I'll tell you this much. There have been times that I needed to tap into that power. There have been times that I needed God to move on me because I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know what to do. But all of a sudden when heaven began to open up and I felt the fire, the lightning of God, the power, of God dynamite in my soul. Friend, it gave me the boldness I needed to be able to meet the challenge in that hour. Everybody say fire. Say power. I used to hate it when the 4th of July came around and my parents would hand me a sparkler. Here, like this. Don't you have anything more powerful than this? I mean, don't misunderstand. I love twirling the sparkler. I love the little, you know. But every once in a while, I like a bang. I like a something powerful. Everybody say powerful. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Because there are times that God comes and it's in a very still voice. And it's a very sweet spirit. And when that happens, it's because I need that. It's because I need him to just kind of hold me and, 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 and comfort me and take care of me. But there are other times that I am in the heat of a battle. And what I need then is the lion of the tribe of Judah. I need a tiger in my tank. I need some lightning in my veins. I need to be able to feel the power and operate in the power of of God. Everybody say power. God wants us to have power. Everybody say it's what he wants. The question is, do we want it? You know, it seems strange to me because all those people came in there and all of them were you know, running around, and they were saying, man, I, I, how can you explain this? I, we hear everybody in our own language, and, 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 and how do you explain this? But there were some folks in the crowd that day that were making fun of what was going on. And that just struck me. I thought, isn't it something that there are some people that don't consider anything holy, that don't consider the sacred holy? And he said that those people were mocking them and saying these men are drunk on wine. Well, they were drunk, but it wasn't the kind of wine they were thinking about. They may have been under the influence, but it wasn't Bogan David. They may have been experiencing, you know, something inside of them that was warming their blood and rushing through their veins, but it wasn't old turkey. Somebody say power. You know, I, th I thought about Paul. You remember Paul? Remember that guy? He was real religious when we first meet him in Scripture. Matter of fact, he was real religious and he was real hateful. He's taking people and having them thrown in prison and tied up. and he, He's consenting at the death of Stephen. When it came to religious, 
Man, you couldn't, you couldn't get any more religious than he was. He, he talked about, he said, man, touching the law. He said, I was a Pharisee. Or he said, he said I, I was a Pharisee. He said, concerning the law, he said, I was blameless. There was nothing you could point a finger at in his life, according to the law of Moses, that he didn't observe. How is it that sometimes people can follow after the law of God, but God still be so far from them? You ever know anybody like that? You ever met anyone like that? Have you ever experienced that? Maybe even for yourself, was there ever a time in your life when it was like nobody measured up? That, you know, well, if it's, unless you part your hair on my side of the head, man, I'm just glad to be able to part my hair at all. If, in, unless you do it the way I do it, and, you know. But then Paul, something happens to him. Paul finds himself between a rock and a hard place, and he can't see where he's going anymore. Everybody say he needs a better vision. And God fills him. And this is what Paul says about that. This is in Romans 8 and 26. Paul said, likewise, this, oh, I'm sorry, Here, here's what Paul says about that. It's in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Everybody say dunamis. Everybody say dynamite. He said, my, my, my preaching, it, I didn't speak with a lot of eloquent words. It wasn't with man's wisdom. It wasn't with well-crafted sentences. He said, but it was in the demonstration and power of the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit of God. And then he makes a statement, he said, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. Here's what I want to say to you today. You remember up on this roof a year ago, I preached a message, this changes everything. This changes everything. First time I climbed up here and spoke about higher ground, I had no clue that a little over a year later I'd be back on this roof when I didn't have to be on this roof. And really what made me go up here today, I, I almost went to the platform and I was wondering, I wonder if I'll be able to see everyone. But even with that, I was contemplating, well, you know, it'll be okay. But then I remembered what I was speaking about. I remembered a few folks that gathered in an upper room. They got in a higher place. They sought some higher ground. And when they got to that place, God showed up in a way that he had never shown up before. Friends, I know that we've been through some stuff, but hear me. The miracle of Pentecost is that God shows up in a way that we've never seen him before. He speaks to us and he speaks through us in a way that we've never experienced before. The fear that we walked in, the, 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 the nervousness, the anxiety, the doubts, the uncertainty, all get wiped away because power shows up when he comes. And I'm telling you that there's only one feast left that has to be fulfilled. The unleavened bread 
was his crucifixion. The first fruits, the feast of the harvest, was the power of Pentecost. Pentecost just means 50, but they counted it down. They said, buddy, I, I, I know it's coming, and we weren't sure how long we got to be here, but there's just a feeling I got that something's getting ready to happen. The last feast that's left to be fulfilled is the feast of ingathering. I wonder if anybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus made a statement to his disciples, and he said, In that day, he said, I, the Son of Man is going to send the angels of heaven, and they are going to gather his people from the four corners of the earth. Hear what I'm saying. There is a day coming, and before that day gets here, we need to get power packed. We need to get filled up, and we need to let the world know that he's alive, he's well and he is able would you stand with me today is it hot or is it just me I feel some fire up here there's some lightning going on I feel some power in this house stretch your hands to heaven with me right now this is what I'm going to ask you to do now look I'm coming off of this building pretty quick not too quick I hope but this is what I'm asking you. I'm asking you that if you want to be a part of this in-gathering, today's a day to make a reservation. Today's a day to say, God, save me. God, rescue me. I want you to understand something. The man, Jesus, that came to this earth the man that came to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire, with power, he himself was baptized in water. And the reason, he said, now he'd never sinned. There was nothing he needed forgiveness for, but he looked at John and he said, I need you to baptize me to fulfill the scripture. Because I want everybody to know, this is why he's doing it. He wanted us to know how important it is to be buried with him. Because we're not just buried with him. But when you're baptized in his name and you come up out of that water, my friend, you have joined his family. You have, just like when you marry and you take on that person's name, you have done that in Christ. So this is what I'm going to ask. If you're here and, and you say, Pastor, I want to make sure. I, I don't want to miss this, man. We have seen, I want you to hear me. When, when this happened a year ago, I looked at this and I watched it. And I looked at it through the lens of prophecy. And I began to say, okay, I know this isn't that. But I've just seen how it's possible for a man to come into power and the whole world follow him. We just saw the dress rehearsal for it, friends. And I want you to understand something. I, re, I, I am going to identify with him. Everybody say, with him. I want to make sure that what's in me is powerful and will keep me and preserve me. Paul said it this way, I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that I've committed to him against that day. They get ready to sing right now. Go up there. Do you remember that song we used to do? Yo, I think 
I think faith just did part of it. That you must have that power and Holy Ghost, that prayer will turn in. Make, everybody always, you talk about the Holy Ghost and sometimes folks go, oh. Now look, I, I saw a lot of stuff happen that wasn't God when I was, when I was traveling. Matter of fact, how many of you have ever seen some stuff that was done in the name of God, but you knew it wasn't God? Wave your hand if you've ever seen that. See, we all have, haven't we? So let me, let me share with you what I shared with them in Russia. I said, have you ever heard of counterfeit money? And they said, yes. I said, well, we've got a real problem with counterfeit money in the U.S. And they said, oh, we do here too. I said, can I tell you something? I said, what's that? I said, counterfeit money never kept me from using the real thing. <laughs> I'm not going to allow something that I'm not going to allow intimidation to keep me from the real thing. Everybody say, he's the real thing. Are you ready? Come on and worship him with me right now. I'm on my way down. If you're, if you're ready and you say, Pastor, I want that power. I want that fire. I want to identify with him. I want to be baptized today. I want you to meet me in the grass real quick. change in my life. Look, when I first came to God, I never, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything about this. You don't have to know about it to experience it. Have you ever tasted anything for the first time? And sometimes you're afraid. One of my 
quests in life is to get Jasmine to eat chicken. She, you know, she's been away from it for a long time, doesn't want to eat it. And, and, she, and I'm thinking, Jasmine, if you just, you know, you've, you've allowed something to get in your head to rob you from something that's really good. And, 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 and so I'm always, Debbie, Debbie just tells me all the time, she said, you're always trying to put something in my mouth. You're always trying to put something new up there for me to taste. It's because I'm so excited about it. I, I just want everybody to have it. And that's the way I am today. I'm excited about what God has for you. So right now, I want you to step out of your seat, come down to this grass, and meet me. If you say, Pastor, I want more than I got right now. Would you do it? Would you do it? Sing it. Come on, quickly, quickly. Resurrection power runs in my veins too. I believe that's another miracle here in this room. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Come on in, I'm waiting for you to get here. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. your hands to heaven I want to remind you what not only what happened but why it happened they all got in one accord their mind was focused on one thing God see the scripture says that the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways in other words you can't you can't live on a fence you either got to make up your mind you're going to live for God. As a matter of fact, when I was 18 years old, I came to God and I'd been, you know, I'd, I'd been doing this tap dance thing. And I finally came to God and I said, God, I've either got to serve you with everything I've got or I can't serve you at all. And I said, God, I want to serve you. And that moment that I made up my mind that there was no going back, that there was nothing back there that I wanted, that everything I needed was in him, and I got my focus on him, and I didn't keep looking over my shoulder to see what was back there because I didn't care what was back there anymore. Everybody say, I'm going to get it locked in my head. See, right here is where the battle begins. We, we talk about the stuff we do, but it all starts right here. Right. You see, the, it, 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 it's a thought before it's an action. So if you can apprehend the thought, if you can bring that into subjection, if you can take that into captivity, then the action will never play itself out because you've apprehended it. Now that's power. Everybody say power. That's what he wants to give you, the power to be able to stay focused on him, not to allow the devil to get in your head and mess with your thinking, but to be able to stay focused and say, I belong to God. Say it with me. I belong to God. And because I belong to God, devil, say it with me, devil, get your hands off me. In the name of Jesus, right now, get your hands off me. In, mm, 
I give you praise for it. Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Say it again. Come on in here, guys. Stay with me. Stay with me. Say it with me. Get your hands off me. The battle is always starting here. And it's like you feel like you're on a merry-go-round. You keep circling back to the same place and thinking, I ain't getting anywhere like this. Today, it stops. Today, I declare, say it with me, I declare, I am a child of God. Devil, you have no right to me. In Jesus' name, get your hands off me. here pastor man what's going on let me let me let me challenge you something if you don't think this is real come up here let me pray for you what are you talking about I'm saying that the Bible said that no man can see God and live God is not a figment of my imagination he's not something I wear around my neck he's alive he's well and he's real the scripture says that no man can see God and live if I can't see him and live then when he touches me, something is going to happen. You may just stand there and tears stream down your face. You may experience what the apostle said, joy unspeakable and full of glory. You may get a, you may get a little new movement in your shoes. You may find your feet feel like dancing. You, it doesn't matter to me about what happens. It's just that you say, here I am, God. Here I am. Don't, don't try and put a, a stop sign up to God. It's time that you look at the yield sign and say, I'm yielding to the power of a living God. Say it, I yield. I yield. I yield. I yield right now. I yield. You know, sometimes, look at me just a second. Sometimes... Faith, look at me. Open your eyes up and look at me just a second. Stretch your hands up. Sometimes your your mind is like a super highway. It's pew, pew, pew. And, and, it's, and, and sometimes it overwhelms you. But hear me. God is saying, I've got you on a track. I've got you on a road. Don't, don't keep looking at all, you know, at all these turnoffs and all this stuff. Just know that I'm going to get you to where I promised you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you love him with me right now? Love him with me right now. Say it with me. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Devil, you've got no right over me. You've got no power over me. I am. I am. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Can you love him? Breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now.
see that? No sound. Until I got plugged into the power, nothing was happening, huh? Amen. And it's the same thing with us. We've got to get plugged into the power. I don't, look folks, I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church. I want to be plugged into the power of God. How many of you are ready to plug in? Just, just say, here I am, God, plug me in. Man, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know anything. I was just, I was as ignorant as I could be about God, but that didn't stop God. He loves you. He cares about you. He's got a plan for your life. All you have to do is yield. Somebody say, I'm going to yield right now. Come on, just stretch those hands to heaven with me right where you're at. Would you do it right where you're at? Father, I thank you for everyone that you brought out in this parking lot today. No one is here by mistake. God, you made sure that they would be here so that they could plug into you. I ask you now, Father, Lord, to fill them. God, to transform their life and let them experience what you have for them. I thank you for what you did for us at Calvary. I thank you for saving me. God, I pray that even now as each heart cries out to you, that you do for them what you've done for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, God. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Hey, just stretch those hands up, would you, right now? Come on, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And I confess my sins before you. Thank you for forgiving me, for coming to my rescue, for redeeming me through your son. Right now, I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give my hand clap of praise. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, there are angels that are rejoicing in heaven right now. Look, if there's anybody here and you want to be baptized, meet me over at the tank. I'm going to let them sing a song. And while they're singing that song, just meet me at the tank. You're going to get a brand new name today. You're going to become part of the family of God. Just meet me over there. Go ahead, guys, and sing it. you over to the right hand side of well the left hand side of the building <laughs> and uh, 
We have smoked chicken over there. We have barbecue. We're going to pray for it here and bless it. Invite you to come and have dinner on the ground with us. Thank you so much for being here today. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you again real soon. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. I pray, God, your blessing over each one in this place today, that you'll smile on them and keep them, that you'll bless their families, that you'll go with them, God, that you'll equip them, Father, Lord, and that you will, Lord, just show your favor on them. Bring their families home to you. Lord, let every loved one, let every friend come to you and let them be the source. Fill them with power, God. Let the fire of your spirit flow through them and touch others. We thank you for the food that we're getting ready to eat now and we give you praise for that and bless the hands that have prepared it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you on this side of the building.